New women are discovering this podcast daily, and all the time I get messages from you, the listeners, telling me that this podcast has changed your life. I am so sincerely happy to hear that. Thank you for listening and for tending to that sacred fire of your own sacred remembering journey. It's so important. Here in the final season of the podcast, I want to sincerely invite you into the next iteration of sacred remembering, community. It is more important than ever that women commune, that we weave the unfolding magic of this great mystery together alongside one another, and that we share the codes and realizations of this very real magic that is unfolding in our lives. The Sacred Remembering Community is the next layer deep. If you love the podcast, join us there. We meet in person, on live calls, we meet in truth, in solidarity, and we meet globally. We are opening to a greater experience and expression of energetic, sexual, relational, spiritual, bodily, and financial sovereignty. We do all of this within the unified field and within the integrity of the Christus Sophia, the one Mother, Father, God. We do it in unity and we reunify all of the aspects of ourselves on this journey and in this space. Everyone is sovereign, everyone is free, everyone is on their sacred remembering journey, and we amplify things when we do it in community. It is my honor to serve you and to serve your journey, to introduce you to my wonderful friends. We've been creating community, it's for you, and what's to come is so exciting. The energy from this podcast is now moving into community. After you've enjoyed this episode, or right now, come join us. We're at sarahpoet.com backslash community. Hello and welcome to season six of the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who we are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we're rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. Here, we remember our sovereignty together through stories, tools, curiosity, and community. In doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today to join the Sacred Remembering Women's community. I also have many resources for you on your journey to reunite feminine and masculine including private alchemical space holding for both individuals and couples. Schedule a consultation today at sarahpoet.com and I look forward to hearing from you. Now, let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 140 of the Sacred Remembering Podcast. I'm Sarah Poet. It is so good to be here with you today. I love this episode. I am here with Amanda Luisa, and we know each other from social media, just a little noticing each other online, talking about some similar things. But what I really appreciated about her message was that 
she is holding the the paradox of working in corporate and talking about the feminine and talking about sustainability um, of the feminine and of energy. So I think you're really going to like this episode. I titled it Why Women Burn Out and What to Do About It. And that's just a pretty general title because we really dive into um, like all of the facets of this conversation, including feminine, masculine, including what's going on in the workplace, um, you know, the sacred remembering stories. We're talking about intuition and well-being, and um, like I said, sustainability, interconnectedness, community, patriarchy, how to beat it, <laughs> all of these things. So women, your energy matters. I know that burnout is such a buzzword right now. And what we're really talking about as we're talking about burnout is we're talking about the exhaustion of your resources. Are we not? The exhaustion of your energy, your time, your body, your life force, right? These are all of your inherent resources. And what patriarchy did was set us up so that we were willing to kind of self-sacrifice without even realizing it, these internal resources that are actually super valuable. So if you want to totally flip the script on that and really understand the inherent value of your resources and stop giving them away, then please check out Structure and Flow. It is on sale now through December 14th at sarahpoet.com backslash structure and flow. You can go right to that link or you can go to my webpage and go to annual groups and find structure and flow. This year I will be leading a 90 day group coaching. So we meet once a week and we have incredible conversations about all things feminine, masculine, all things, you know, renewing our energy, taking back control of our energy and our resources and what that even means. I have been running structure and flow in women's groups since 2020 when this information came to me right before the pandemic. And we talk in this episode about how that was just, you know, it's been a time of the feminine rising or feminine reminding um, us about the necessarily necessary, um, I use the word balance of our energy since really the pandemic. And we are in this time on the planet and things are going to quote unquote balance or return to union or restore to healthy integration through you. It doesn't happen outside of yourself and like in a workplace and then trickle down to you. It happens through women, through our energy, through us being in really clear integrity about our boundaries, about our resources, all of which is covered in structure and flow. And then we notice that the external begins to change. Our relationships change. Our value is more reflected to us, but we have to know that value first. So join Structure and Flow. It's a 12-week um, system. You actually get a paper, real-life planner workbook sent to you in the mail, and the system just guides you. It just naturally guides you. You have a Sunday process and then a, a daily sheet every day. It can be your planner for 90 days, and it changes your life. It totally upgrades your life. I've used it probably four times, all 90 days of the, the planner, four times. 
and it always meets you where you are and elevates your life. And I can tell you that just getting ready for structure and flow right now, my energy is changing and I'm already starting to be like, oh, where did I give my energy away? Oh, how am I valuing my time? And I haven't even started my new planner workbook yet because we're all going to start together in January, but I can tell you that I'm already getting the upgrades. So the upgrades start as soon as you say yes. So the earlier you sign up, the better the price. So when you hear this, go to sarahpoet.com backslash structure and flow, check it out. Please enjoy this episode. If you haven't heard yet, there will be 144 episodes of the Sacred Remembering podcast, and then we are stopping potentially, you know, indefinitely, potentially for a time, but please enjoy. And then please go back and listen to this library of epic resources that are here for you on the Sacred Remembering podcast. It has been my absolute pleasure to create and uh, be the steward of this amazing um, collection of resources for women in these awakening times. So much love. Please enjoy the episode. Oh, and just one more super quick thing that I forgot to mention on this episode, but it's really important. The Sacred Remembering community is not going anywhere. So even though the podcast will be concluding at 144 episodes, magic number, the Sacred Remembering community found at sarahpoet.com backslash community is here to stay. And there are Uh, lots of reasons why that is true, but I'll just leave it there for now. And I'll update you on a later episode of some, um, some evolution of some things. Um, and so please join that community. If you are looking for increased resources on sovereignty, what conscious relationship looks like, masculine, feminine integration, prosperity, and the feminine, masculine money stuff. It's all there, including incredible community on our bi-weekly live calls. So I hope to see you there. It would be wonderful to get to know you through that platform as well. Thanks for listening. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Yes, thank you. And we are on opposite sides of the world. So it's super early morning for me and late at night for you. And um, thank you for making it work. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I love the fact that we can be uh, in different time zones and still connected. Yes. Yeah. This is going to be a really great conversation and I'll just share for listeners because I say, sometimes I interview my best of friends and sometimes I interview new friends. And so we're just now speaking for the first time, but I noticed you on social media. And I think at first on LinkedIn, because you are weaving topics of corporate feminine, the great resignation, sustainability um, into your posts. And you're being like very open about it um, in spaces where not many people are talking about these things. And so that's what caught my attention. And I feel like we're going to have a an awesome conversation here today about women and leadership and the changes that are going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved your post. I think we did we did connect on LinkedIn, and um, you were talking a lot about the the feminine and the feminine energy and how that kind of 
incorporates our embodiment movement and I was just it, it resonated so much because I'm I'm all about that and I think we need so many more people talking about this especially in the corporate sector so really looking forward to this chat today Yes. Wonderful. Well, let me read your bio and I am going to read the longer bio because there's so much juicy stuff in here. So I'll read this paragraph and then we will begin. Amanda Louisa is an associate director at a large multinational by day and follows her passion for empowering women basically at all other times. As a coach and consultant, she helps women regulate their nervous system so that they can step into their purpose with confidence and ease. She is dedicated to seeing more women step into leadership roles and to see the corporate sector transform into a space where true diversity is recognized, rewarded, and celebrated. When we have true diversity at key decision-making tables, both in corporate and in the political spheres, We can create the change that is so desperately needed and pave the way to a new, more just, equitable, and sustainable world. Amanda is an author and has been featured on Elephant Journal and Tiny Buddha. She's currently writing a book, which is not only a call to action uh, for the next generation of female leaders, but it's also a step-by-step guide to sustainably transform the current paradigm. This will be an empowering guide to healing ourselves so we can unleash our power and purpose in the world. I love that. You can download a free um, cheat sheet to regulate your nervous system on our website, um, amandaluisa.com.au and on Instagram at the Amanda Luisa and also on LinkedIn, of course. So wonderful. I think I'd like to... Start with the topic of sustainability because I believe that you work in the in the field of sustainability, sort of in the in the day job. Is that accurate? That that is right. Yes, so I'm a sustainability specialist. I um, did a master of science in sustainability management over ten years ago now, um, and I actually started my career as a corporate lawyer. So I've had a few iterations mm-hmm. <laughs> in the corporate sector. Um, and sustainability is where I landed. It's the it's a thing that I'm really passionate about. Obviously, you know we we live on this beautiful planet that's spinning among billions of stars with you know amazing life form. Um, and who knows what's out there? But certainly in our galaxy, we don't know of any other life forms as yet. So it's quite a unique space to be. And um, I think we've only got this one planet to live on and it's really important that we ensure that it's still here for future generations. Um, There's that beautiful proverb that says we don't, um, we don't uh, inherit this from our ancestors. We, we borrow it from our, our children. So Yeah. 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 So that passion came early. I love that. And I mean, I I talk on this podcast a lot about the breadcrumbs on the soul journey and, you know, these careers that we find ourselves in so much a part of the soul journey. And then I also talk about the sacred remembering journey of like coming back to who we most truly are. And I love that you're now merging sustainability and women. (laughs) I mean, like even just regulating the nervous system is an act 
of sustainability for, for women in the feminine. And um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear you talk about that. This uh, maybe the personal story that you've walked this topic of women and sustainability. Yeah. I mean, it's, so in terms of my own personal journey, I, um, I had a really, uh, fast-paced childhood. There was a lot going on. I moved around a lot, um, lots of upheaval, a lot of changes. And uh, by the time I, I kind of hit my strides in my 20s and I was working at a corporate law firm and it was a high-pressured kind of environment, you work hard and you played harder. And yeah. I didn't like I didn't like who I was becoming. I was, you know, caffeinating all day long. I would drink at least 12 coffees a day, which is ridiculous because I'd, my mm. entire body would be shaking um, by like mid-afternoon because of the amount of caffeine that was <laughs> moving through me. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't have coffee first thing in the morning, I'd have massive migraines and my body would be shaking it anyways. Mm. Um, then by the time I would get home, it would be like, you know, half a bottle of wine to kind of wind down from the pressure of the day, sleep, wake up the next morning, do it all over again. Yeah. And at one point I thought this can't be my life. Like I can't be doing this for the next, whatever, 60 years that we have a career. Um, and I started really kind of questioning myself and looking at my values and what was important to me. And I realized I was spending so much of my volunteer time, whatever little time I had spare, working in um in environmental issues and really passionately advocating for um living more sustainably and more in tune with our environment i've always had a very spiritual side that's very connected to earth and and to mother earth and to our kind of interconnectedness as humanity mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the sacred gifts of women and and the feminine and female leaning people mm-hmm. um is this sense of our um, our interconnectedness, our sense of community, our sense of um, depth, and um, our our deep connection to the cycles of the earth? And I think it's a real um, a testament to the patriarchal paradigm that we live in, and you know the colonial paradigm that we live in. That's speaking about this as a corporate person, it's not acceptable in a corporate sphere to talk about um, our spiritual nature when we are, you know, spirits having a human experience. Um, Because in a lot of Indigenous cultures and a lot of Eastern cultures, that spiritual aspect is integrated into their everyday life. It's not something that needs to be kept, kept separate and out of the corporate sphere. And I think what's missing from the corporate and the reason that we've gone down the path that we have where, you know, 70% of our biodiversity has been lost in the last 60 years where, you know, we're with all the commitments that we've made in towards, you know, climate targets, we're still going to go beyond 2.5 degrees of climate rise because of the commitments. If every country in the world met their actual climate commitments, we'd still end up going way past um, the 1.5 degrees that was uh, kind of the target at the Paris Climate Agreement. So it just goes to show that if we if we continue to deny our nature and our connectedness with um, the world we live in, if we continue to see ourselves as separate, uh, we'll continue to basically cause our own extinction because we, we're destroying the one life support system that we have. Yeah. Yeah. The separation paradigm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So you're positioned in this corporate space and you're talking about this, like in the corporate space, I would actually love, can you take us inside of what that looks like when you are like, I've, I've remembered what we're doing here and I'm going to live this integrated life and integrated feminine and masculine. I'm not going to run myself into the ground. How do you experience that in the corporate sphere? With a lot of boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so learning to set healthy boundaries and to have a regulated nervous system was two of the key um, aspects. And to be honest, the first aspect was learning to regulate my nervous system. So yeah. when I talk about the nervous system, that's the, the kind of key for how we show up, how we interact with people. It's our fight, flight, freeze and fawn mode um and often we kind of live in a constant state of fight flight because we're we're under so much pressure and we're so stressed out and we end up moving into freeze or fawn um fawn is the people pleasing kind of aspects whereas freeze is that complete dissociation where we can stroll scroll on instagram for hours because we just don't have the energy to cope with what we're feeling and what we're experiencing so in the day-to-day of how I, I deal with that, a lot of somatic and embodiment practices, which I know you teach a lot of, um, really coming back to the breath and how to move that energy through us. Um, and that's the practices that you do before you step out into the world, before you go into the corporate space. So yeah. it's your morning routines. It's it's the rituals that you set up throughout your day, the, the masculine support structures that allow you to flow into your feminine when you're in, again, another very masculine area, which is the workplace. Um, So yeah, in in a day-to-day, I'd start my morning with really tapping into my feminine energy. So really doing the meditations, doing the journaling, doing the somatic embodiment practices that ensures that when I do go into the workplace and I have pressure, I can still connect back into myself because I haven't started my day in that frantic energy. Um, And I think the way we start our day, the foot we get off on is like, it's so vital to how the day is going to go. If we don't start our day right, it can just, it can spiral out of control really quickly. Yes. Yeah. So two things I really love about that is that you're talking about setting it up versus like reactive or like the recovery and, you know, it's like both and, but, um, you know, I think so, so much of the time, if we're living a high paced life as a woman, then what we're doing is like trying to recover from having exhausted all of our energy. And it's like, Oh, let me take a bath now. And we might be you know, realizing that that's a feminine essence activity or something, but it's like, we're not prioritizing that I think is a collective yet. And so I love that you named like in the morning ritual, starting out with the feminine practices. And the other thing that I really love about what you said is that you said masculine support structures. And I have an offering called structure and flow that is open now for enrollment for the new year. And it's a planner system, but it's also a group in a community where we're looking at like, how does that internal masculine 
interact with the internal feminine. And this idea and notion that your internal masculine needs to support your internal feminine is something that I'm so glad that more women are waking up to that, you know, we cover this in structure and flow, but it's like, so oftentimes when we, you know, we're all enculturated as women into this patriarchal system. And what we see as masculine is a force that is, you know, associated with domination or like, I'm just gonna, you know, exhaust myself, like in, run myself into the ground and high expectations, et cetera, et cetera. So our notion of what the masculine is, is actually off. And so this you know, relationship that we can develop with our internal masculine is like, how can I be supported by the rightful masculine, by, you know, this essence of the masculine that is not dominating, but is beautiful and like the natural essence of the structural masculine, the consciousness masculine. So that's a little bit of how I think about it, but I just wanted to um, name that what you've said is like really in alignment with how I see it as well. Yeah, I love that you've got a, a course on it. It is such an important thing to teach because I think it's like a pendulum swinging, right? Women, as we've entered the workforce, probably in the, what, 1960s, we've really burst into the workforce in a real way. Till now, we've kind of always operated out of the masculine, trying to earn our rights to be there, earn our right at the table, earn yes. our voice. Um and it's it's kind of swung to the other end where, you know, in some ways, as we're trying to reclaim our feminine, we've gone into flow overdrive where we've left some of the really healthy masculine aspects behind as we're trying to reclaim that feminine. And I certainly, I know in my own personal journey, went from being really heavily in my armored masculine yes. to um, really going into a... Uh, a feminine that was flowy, but also a little bit chaotic because I didn't have the structures and it's taken some time for that pendulum to swing back into, into what I would hope is more of a balance where I've got the space to flow because I've got the real beautiful structures set in place. So my masculine, my inner masculine is there to support me to flow beautifully, to tap into my intuition, to um, respond to situations instead of to react to them because I'm, I'm connected in with myself, but I've also got that foundation that's there to support me as things shift and change around me. Oh my gosh, so beautifully said. We are so aligned. <laughs> we are so aligned. Um, so I would like to hear a little bit more about your personal journey, because I think we're getting the idea that, you know, you, you had, um, some awakening. I don't want to speak for you. I just want to hear you tell the story. <laughs> like, um, so, so what was that awakening like for you to begin to realize these things and, you know, and then what happened? So we're jumping around a little bit, but I'm like, wait, we missed something of that personal story, like your personal why and wake up call to this. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting. By the time I hit 28, which is like your Saturn return, I, um, I I'd met a person and this, this man kind of triggered all those old wounds. And I moved very strongly out of being a corporate, really boss bitch kind of, sorry, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Of course. Yes. Uh, no problem. 
and this really energetic boss lady who was very strongly in her masculine, you know, was hitting all the goals. I, I bought my own house by the time I was 22 on my own. I, um, you know, had a great, well, on the surface level anyways, great corporate career. I was hitting all the goals that people told you you needed to hit to be successful and happy in life. And I wasn't. And then I met this guy and he um, triggered a lot of those old wounds and those old kind of, I'm not good enough patterns and, uh, you know, attachment issues. And the experience that I had with that, it really made me look at myself because I went from this really empowered or what I thought was an empowered woman to a really um, uh, not so healthy feminine and um, then I started looking into more of, you know, what are our attachment styles? And that took me down this whole understanding of our nervous systems and, and our limiting beliefs. And it reconnected with, you know, the old spiritual practices that I used to do. So it took me down a real healing journey. Um, and that relationship ended and, and it's, it's done, but it certainly was the trigger for a lot of my initial experiences with the spiritual and and the healing that I needed to undergo. Um, and then things got really great. I I started learning how to just receive and manifest and, and bring things into my experience, but I hadn't really done the nervous system work. So in, in a matter of a, a year, I managed to sell my house, move to Scotland, create an amazing career for myself there, an amazing network. I was you know, thriving, loving life. And then 2020 happened and I, everything that I had dreamed and planned fell apart. So I mm. lost my amazing job. I lost my visa and my right to live in the UK. I was stuck um, in Edinburgh for nine months. Mm. I had no access to social security or any, any financial aid from Scotland or from Australia. I wasn't allowed to get back into the country because Australia had shut its borders. So I was kind of stuck living uh, in Scotland with no income for, for nine months. And thankfully I had savings and um, I was able to, to kind of live off those for, for that time until I could get back into Australia. Hmm. And it's when you're at that rock bottom, when, um, you know, you are literally on your knees and, and you don't know how you're going to make it through another day that you start to um, look at look at yourself and, and start really tapping into what's been missing and it took me it took me on a journey and it was it was a dark probably two two and a half years um, there between 20, 2019 to 20 21 mm -hmm. I would say um of really you know having to let go of those dreams I had for a life that I was going to be living in Scotland move back to Perth mm -hmm. and um like start from scratch at 30 35 I was at the time mm -hmm. um so yeah starting from the ground up and having to rebuild and yeah that that's tough when you're at, a, at an age where you think things are going a different direction but that experience really brought me back into understanding the nervous system work. And then I worked with a, um, a therapist who specializes in uh, trauma therapy because I was diagnosed with um, complex trauma or CPTSD. Mm. And 
um, I started really just working very slowly at rewiring my nervous system over the last 18 months to to be where I am now. And the transformation in, I think it, it's basically like a year and a half um, is incredible. Like the, the work really does, does move things. It does change mm-hmm. things and you just have to be willing to, to slowly and patiently unravel all the conditionings that have stopped you from being who you truly are, which is a radiant and divine being. So well said. So well said. And I really just want to, again, normalize, I say again, because I've done it like throughout recording this podcast, that the the trauma walk is like hand in hand with the awakening walk and the remembering walk. And, yeah. um, you know, it's like the slowing down, like when we as women and high powered women slow down, I mean, one of the first things that happened for me when I started to slow down, like I, I left a marriage and that was kind of the beginning of me, you know, reclaiming my, like, well, I guess that was the beginning of me taking yeah. a stand for this sacred remembering journey. And, you know, when I, it was like, after I got myself out of the situation and was in, you know, I was renting an apartment from a friend while I was like finding a house and, um, that's when my whole system kind of collapsed. And, and I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to fix this up and I'm going to, you know, go on with my life. And that, you know, I remember walking into my old therapist's office and it was such a godsend that I had um, connected with her because she was body-based and um, I didn't, didn't totally understand the importance of that body-based therapy at that point. So I'm in her office because my old therapist had quit just, just like as this divorce is happening. And I was like, I need a new therapist. And so she pointed me toward Anne and I went to Anne for the first session, like after I had moved and gotten myself out of the house that my husband and I had shared and, and my whole nervous system, like I collapsed on her couch. I was like, are you ready? Cause I'm, I'm going to fall apart now. Now, but as like a type A woman, I like yeah. I hadn't let that happen. And then what was actually under there was wow, like a lot of material that I didn't even know I needed to deal with because when we are high functioning, a friend of mine actually said to me the other day, like being super high functioning is a trauma response. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's true for so many women in high powered you know, positions and really fast paced lives with that sort of normalcy of the fight or flight, it's, they're trauma adaptations. And so as we reclaim the feminine and have the awakenings, there's going to be the dismantling of the trauma that has to happen from the system simultaneously. It's not a bad thing. It's not a shameful thing. (laughs) It's like a yeah, it's time. Progression. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's time for this. And, um, it's empowering. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share that story. <laughs> it's amazing how many, um, women have such a similar journey of, you know, being super high powered, uh, you know, those a type personalities and then finally something is going to crack. Like if you continue to disregard what your body is telling you, and which is exactly what we do and we're trained to do it. Uh, yeah. We're rewarded for being self-sacrificing, for ignoring our own needs, especially yes. as women. 
Yes. Um, yes. That's yeah, yeah. That's so the premise of structure and flow and like the, the full direction of where my work is going is like the very resources that are most valuable are the very ones that we were taught to give away. Yeah. And so we got to take that back. Yes. Yes. I'm Um, fine with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So let's talk about um, kind of what you're noticing is going on right now. I mean, we have burnout being like a total buzzword. We have um, the great resignation, the great breakup, like all the great, great, greats. I don't even know all of them. But, you know, actually when COVID hit and I'm very energetically attuned and attuned to the planet. And I was like, this is the feminine's comeback. I mean, Mm -hmm. like this is what's happening right now. And so, um, I just started talking about feminine nourishment, like as soon as COVID hit, (laughs) because I was like, she's on the rise. And so now we're having, uh, you know, some are able to name, well, this is a feminine rising or, or this is the time of that reunification. And these are the, um, you know, things that we have to go through on our way to that. And then, you know, sometimes we don't use that feminine masculine language, but what do you see going on with, I mean, these are really big topics, so we can take it in any direction, but like burnout, great resignation, what's going on with women right now? So women are starting to clue into the fact that we've been operating under a patriarchal paradigm and we're allowed into the workplace if we conform to the expectations of a very masculine driven culture um and the masculine is great as long as it's balanced with the feminine otherwise the masculine without the feminine can be too forceful too direct too um consuming um and that's what we're seeing. It's a systemic issue in terms of the entire corporate paradigm and the structures within which we live were created in a patriarchy. And it needs to be acknowledged that the way we reward women, the way we promote not only women, but men as well, um, the way we reward, promote, recruit and retain people is if they're performing at a certain level and performance is measured in a very um, masculine output way. How many hours are you doing? How much money are you bringing in? What are you billing? What is your, um, you know, how many projects are you working on? And that's great. That That is one way to measure. But we also need to measure how do we create relationships with our clients? How do we create ca- connections and networks? How do we collaborate? Mm-hmm. Um, And that isn't measured. And that isn't what we use to measure performance in terms of promotion. So we see oftentimes that, you know, women uh, especially or or people who are feminine identifying um, are penalized for not disowning their their feminine flow, for for not conforming to that masculine form of leadership in, in terms of aggression, domination, um, you know, uh, competition. It's, it's just, it's, it's systemic. And I think now a lot of women are, have had enough. (laughs) We've just gone through, you know, two and a half something years of, um, being locked in a house for some people, uh, with lockdowns or, you know, at least being very disconnected from, from our community and from health. And we've, women especially, 
have borne the brunt of that in terms of, you know, having to juggle a job and mm-hmm. do the children's education in most cases. Uh, at least that's been the experience of my clients and and, and friends. Um, they've borne the brunt of it. And now they're like, we just can't. They, they're at that burnout stage. They've hit mm-hmm. rock bottom. They, they physically cannot do it anymore. Um, and so they would prefer to resign then continue on that way. And this, I, I, I don't know if you're following what's happening with um with Twitter, but this <laughs> not like, very much. Yeah, go ahead. Response, like it's it's such a toxic masculine uh-huh. embodiment right there. Um, like everybody needs to go back to the office. There's no compassion. There's no um there's no humanity in the way that's been handled. Oh, like within and- that company? Within that company, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So the way Elon Musk has um, handled uh, his takeover of Twitter and the like, he's 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 um, fired a whole bunch of people via email. Um, he's mm-hmm. demanded everybody come back and work from the office, and if you don't want to come back into the office, you don't have a job anymore. It's very, very toxic. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought we'd moved away from that. I thought. The, the couple of years we've experienced of COVID and the flexible work arrangements, the beautiful care that, you know, a lot of corporations were implementing to support their work as mental health are starting to be forgotten. Like I'm noticing people yeah, who have COVID now are actually still working from home, which, you know, when COVID first started, we wouldn't have seen so, yeah, it's just an interesting observation that it's it's kind of in swings and roundabouts right now. Mm-hmm. So you're feeling like we were starting to get it and then there's yeah. sort of a cultural, like, just kidding, yeah. we're going back to the patriarchy. <laughs> Dang. Well, hopefully more giant lessons aren't needed for us to finally get this. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but goodness. it's that saying of, you know, um, sometimes as it's it's that pendulum swing again, you know, we've swung yeah. to the real and then there's that pushback towards the way things used to be and hopefully we'll come to a healthy, balanced middle. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I mean, I know that on your social media, you're using the words feminine and masculine and like, advocating to integrate feminine into corporate when you're in corporate spaces are you using that language it depends on the audience so um one of the things you learn very early is always tailor your message to your audience so depending on who you're speaking to you need to use language they understand to get your message across. And I think I learned that being in sustainability, especially when sustainability first started mm-hmm. out, you know, 20 something years ago, um, CFOs and CEOs were more interested in the bottom line than they were in a just and equitable society necessarily. And you just needed to frame how what you're offering is helping their pain points. So depending on who I'm talking to, if it's um, the women in my organization who are looking to do, you know, women in leadership, or I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working in a, in a committee of, of other women who are um, interested in well-being, then I will drop feminine into the conversation. I'll, I'll talk about well-being. I'll talk about, um, 
you know, uh, health and, and mental health. Um, and sometimes I do bring in in more of that conversation around um, really connecting back into our intuition and how important intuition is. Um, and, you know, intuition is a, a kind of a new buzzword in the corporate sector as well, because a lot of really famous founders and, and um, billionaires have talked about how they've used their intuition in business. Uh, so it's becoming more acceptable to talk about intuition. Um, so, th- so those are the words that I would probably use. I think you just, yeah, really need to know who you're talking to so that you can tailor the message in a way that'll land for them. Mm-hmm. Authenticity is another big one that I see, like, you know, women in leadership are ready to talk about authenticity and like bringing the whole self to work and yeah. yeah how do we yeah. not have to separate aspects of ourself anymore? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did feel like, a, you know, for a long while though, we did have to almost become a different person when we, when we stepped into the workplace, but you're seeing that starting to change, which is really good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I am, I, I love this conversation and you're welcome to share anything that's coming up for you. And, um, I have few questions left, but one thing that I, uh, that stood out to me, I think you said maybe in your bio or on your website or both, um, to move beyond surface level diversity efforts in the workplace. And I would love to hear you speak to this because this is a lot. I see this a lot on, um, LinkedIn that there's like an anger in women that, oh, by the way, DEI efforts are actually pretty surface level a lot of the time. Yeah. Can you speak more to that, please? Yeah. Um, so it is something that I have noticed. So, you know, where, and it goes back to the systemic issue I was talking about and about the way we promote and recruit people. We'll say, okay, we've got this great DE&I policy. Um, we're trying to get more women into boards, women into leadership. We've got a target of 50-50. And then the women that are being recruited are, you know, outwardly female, um, but their energy is masculine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's very surface level. I look like a female, mm-hmm. but I'm still uh, leading in a very masculine way. I'm still conforming to what your vision of what a leader is or what a leader should be. Uh, which is again formed under a very masculine paradigm of being decisive, which is you know great, but also competitive and um, authoritarian, and uh, you know ruling with an iron fist. And yeah. those are the people that get promoted. And we need diversity in its truest form on boards and at those mm-hmm. decision making tables. I saw the post that came up from COP27. So we've got 111 leaders talking about one of the biggest issues, existential crises that are facing um, the world at the moment. And there were seven women in that Mm. photo. Wow. So seven women among 100 and something. And these are world leaders. What is going on? Yeah. In the 21st century, 2022, and that... And that's what we're at, that we still have seven female leaders in there making yeah. decisions about an issue that most most affects women and children and most affects women and children in developing nations. And that's just, that just blows me away. Like, I just don't understand how we don't have more 
like more genuine diversity in this day and age, um, making those big decisions because these are decisions that are going to impact us. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good point. And so I track energetics. And then sometimes when I start talking about this, I sound like I'm generalizing a lot. So, you know, warning that may sound true (laughs) right now, but, you know, I'm just tracking like, okay, well, you know, why would that be? And yes, we still have all of the, the patriarchal programming. And then I'm looking at, you know, the journey of what I call sacred remembering this journey of like waking up. Oh my gosh the feminine has been suppressed. Oh my gosh. I have all this intuition inside of me. Like what, when I walked out of a school leadership position, following the feminine and masculine and wanting to do this work, I had no idea the depth of the magic in me, like, holy crap, the the things that I was to find. And to do that, to find that, to excavate that has taken, you know, years and a lifestyle and absolute commitment to recovering both feminine and masculine in rightful union. And, and it's interesting because now I I feel like I'm at a, a crossroads of like, well, how am I going to use this? What am I going to step into? And I made a decision a few years ago although this podcast is very very spiritual and I used light language a few episodes ago, (laughs) but, but it's like, I'm not meant to be, you know, fully swung to that side of the feminine and like just express in the feminine or just be um, a healer or an intuitive or a channeler or an energy worker, those kinds of things. It was like, no, you're going to go back in and integrate this in some way. And so, I mean, that's why I just, I'm loving what you're doing because you're like, you're in there, you're realizing it, you've shifted your energy in your body and now you're showing up to educate others in it. And I'm like, that, that is, I think the direction that we're going. But my point, Amanda, is like, we're still at the beginning of that level awakening and then reintegration. So like just having women in positions of power, we're still at the point at this point where to be in a position of power as a woman, you primarily have to act in the masculine. And then we have like, we have world political leaders who are women who are saying like, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to promote breastfeeding. I'm going to talk about like the, the feminine, the mothering, the, you know, and bringing that forward and slowly disassembling that patriarchal domination structure. But, you know, seven women at the table is like, you know, what do we have to do to get at that table? Well, either yeah. we play by that game, or now we're seeing a mass exodus of women that are like, I don't even want to play that game anymore. And I just have to have hope that like, we're remembering, we're reactivating this information in our systems, in the earth body. And then like, we go, we go back in and we continue to disassemble through the living example of who we are. Exactly. That is so beautifully said. Yeah. Like our energetic will shift the energetic. And I actually just had this like intuitive 
saying happened in meditation yesterday because I was looking at um, a job. I did a job interview that I was like, okay, I'm just going to feel this out. And the information that I got in meditation was, well, when you just walk back into that system, it begins to change the system just by the energy that you hold. Like, I don't have to advocate. I don't have to get political. I don't have to exhaust myself to change systems. It's like just walking into the system begins to change the system. A hundred percent. This is something I was thinking about um, on another podcast that I did a little while ago. Your energy influences the room. Your energy, if you're embodied, if you're grounded, if you're connected to who you are, you don't have to do anything. You just, your presence is able to shift the room. So yeah, absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of practicing that a little bit or just kind of playing with it. There's this weekly networking event in the town that I live in. That's like primarily male and primarily tech folks. Yeah, And I just, I go in, in the feminine essence, but also like in a professional essence and I just sit and it's like, (laughs) I wonder who will be, you know, curious about this essence, or I wonder how this essence is changing the room. And I actually volunteered to um, talk because every week someone gives a presentation and I volunteered to talk. And this is the stuff I'm going to be talking about, like to this room full of tech, male tech folks. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> like I will infiltrate great. slowly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I look yeah. forward to hearing how that goes. Yes. Right. And like regulating the nervous system in those spaces. Right. Because I just, I'm feeling like naming this for the women listening, like our nervous systems can go back into the fight or flight, you know, in those situations of like, okay, I'm in a boardroom with all males or I'm supposed to have all my shit together right now. Like that can be a very fight or flight experience (laughs) for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I work in very male-dominated fields and I am usually one of the only women in the room and certainly the only woman of, of you know, in my leadership position. And yeah, you definitely have to have a really regulated nervous system and come back to your breath and come back to your embodiment practices um, to, to be heard and be seen and to really hold your own and say, yes, no, actually I do belong in this room and overcome those, I guess, mindset uh, limitations that we put on ourselves and those, those moments of questioning whether or not we should be, um, we should be in that room because Mm -hmm. we're kind of trained that to think, oh no, Mm -hmm. but give us it up to somebody else or yeah. 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 And it can, it can feel unsafe for sure. I'm wondering if what you're noticing about men and how they react to you as you feel more embodied in those spaces. Well, funnily enough, and this is, it's something that I've been thinking about how to write and how to talk about is I was thinking about relationships in the workplace and, you know, women often think that we need to really work hard to get ahead and we need to hustle and we need to just like put a note to the grindstone and just get on with it. Hmm. When in actual fact, it's really about nurturing our relationships in the workplace. Hmm. And what I've noticed, I was just kind of like looking back at my career and it's been predominantly men who have opened the door for me. 
So throughout my career, I've had great mentors that are women, great managers that are women, great coaches that are women. But my sponsors, the people who say my name in rooms behind closed doors that open opportunities for me, have predominantly been men. That's interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. And it speaks to like your magnetism. Yeah. Keep going. It it actually surprised me because I, I, I mean, I'm so passionate about helping women and I, I definitely open doors and, and put, you know, some of my, my staff forward for, for opportunities um, because I think it's so important and that's uh, something I'm so passionate about. But I didn't realize that uh, for me, it's it's mostly been men. And I think it's so important to highlight how important it is to, for, for men to be allies in this yes. because it's not about... It's not about us taking their place. It's, it's about creating space for more. It's it's there's always more available. And when we create a balance in the workplace, it doesn't only benefit women. It also benefits the men who've been, you know, been penalized by the patriarchy as well. You know, they've been suppressed by the patriarchy in their own ways and not allowed to show emotion or, you know, if they want to be the, the, the caregiver at home, that's really looked down on. Um, and that needs to shift as well, because I think certainly there should be more flexibility and more integration instead of that polarity of, of necessarily who does what or what, you know, gendered society thinks is, is appropriate. Yeah. 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 I feel like we should have said this like a long time ago. So feminine masculine does not equal man, woman, like everyone has those two within them. That's the topic of my TEDx everyone has the inner feminine and masculine and masculine does not equal dominator. No. So domination culture, patriarchal culture is not synonymous with men and masculinity. And yes, men have been hurt by this as well. And, you know, everyone needs to like disassemble the dominator culture, you know, from (laughs) us and our behavior and remember, recall the positive um, attributes of feminine and masculine in their truest form and essence. 100%. Yeah. 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 Should have said that probably in the beginning, but <laughs> we're like assuming some things. But thank you to everyone who's listening to this conversation. Thank you, Amanda, for being here. And I would love for you to take some moments and tell people again where to find you and what you've got going on and your offerings. And I know that that you are so helpful in so many ways. And so if you'll um, share with people how they can get in touch with you. Oh, thank you. Um, it's been such a great conversation. I have loved um, chatting with you and I'm so glad that you you came on so early in the morning for you and um, uh, allowed you. me on to the podcast. So if uh, if you want to find me, I've actually got two uh, two ways to, to connect with me. One is I'm running a masterclass um, for how you can set work and life boundaries as we head into the silly season so that you can feel <laughs> relaxed and uh, regulated and even rested during this period that's coming up on the 7th of December so uh, that's a completely free masterclass I'll be teaching you how you can set healthy boundaries the scripts that you can use to um, you know shut down any conversations you don't want to have like when are you having your next baby or when are you getting married or any of those 
inappropriate conversations and how to navigate them with ease and confidence. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, <laughs> and the other one I have is the planning intensive. So if you are really ready to take your career to the next level, if you're wanting to step into 2023 with, um, you know, radiant confidence and an empowered mindset and a step-by-step guide of what you need to do, I've got the planning intensive for 2023 where we can set your goals together. And you can find all this information on my website, which is www.amandaluisa.com.au. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a wonderful night's sleep. <laughs> it's the very <laughs> end you. of the day over there. Um, so good to meet with you and talk with you. Thanks for co-creating this conversation and getting this information into the world. It's really important what you're doing. Oh, you too. Thanks so much, Sarah. Yes. Thank you. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We love to hear from you and your reviews help and they matter. Remember, you are not alone on this sacred remembering path and women are rising now and we're doing it together. You can join the sacred remembering community at sarahpoet.com and also visit there for more tools and inspiration and also to book work with me privately. Here's to your sacred remembering path. Much love and we'll talk to you next time.